Hi, it's Jack. This is episode two. A suitable job. I hope you enjoy the show. Let's grow some walls. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to episode two of Suitable Job. I'm so excited to share this with you guys because it's something I hear in my job all the time. Like, what should I do? What what subject should I choose? So I'm really happy to address this. Uh, today, uh, I'll talk about picking a suitable job or just any job if you don't have a choice. Uh, how to find that job. Uh, and then when you do get it, how to keep it. And if you don't like it anymore, how to switch jobs. Or if you do like it, how do you change within a company. And we'll also talk about uh, how to start a side hustle. How to earn something extra. No interview today. I'm just using my own experience, which is very broad. Um, if you don't want to hear it all, just skip forward like 30 seconds or something like that and you don't have to listen to it all. I started being a paperboy, then a gardener, then a cook, been a garbage man, I planted tulip bulbs, I'm from Holland obviously, uh, I checked electricity meters, did telemarketing, I was a waiter, I did some modeling, uh, was a teacher, then became a bouncer at a comedy club called Yuck Yucks, became a teacher again, moved to Canada, did a showerhead installer job, best paying job ever, then filled in some surveys, became an online translator, worked for Minex, which is for Apple pretty much, did, did some, uh, took some calls, became a financial planner after that, then I was the manager of a, a, a Christian center, moved to Thailand, Became a science teacher there, then an English teacher, did that at several schools, moved to China, became an English teacher at a, at a elementary school, moved to Beijing, did teach at a weekend school and they merged English and drama together, it was awesome. Uh, then taught in Thailand a little bit more at a primary school and uh, then went back to Holland teaching science, English and biology and right now I'm working as just a biology teacher and I mainly teach English classes. Or Okay, let's start with picking a job. Uh, picking a job uh, is not that easy if you don't have any experience. Be honest about that when you approach somebody, you say like, I don't have any experience but I really want to work here because yeah that's that's the thing you need to find your because why do you want to work ask yourself that before you apply because you're gonna get that question and your motivation is key uh, be very upfront like if it's if you're saying I, I just want some money you know I just want to buy some records or I want to buy uh, certain shoes or whatever you want to buy. Just be upfront about this. This is why I do it. 
Uh, it could also be that you need to pay for your study, your housing, your travel, or that you want to do it to get an experience for a later job. So what you would learn in this job, you can use in the job that you do later. Um, you could also go for an experience that you just choose the job because you just want to have the experience of doing that job. Uh, so think about that before you apply. When you're sitting in front of the person that is hiring you, possibly, focus on what you do have. So focus on your character traits, like I'm a hard worker, uh, I'm very particular how I do things, I like to follow rules, or something like that. Try to find a character trait inside you that you can bring up. Uh, and you can give some examples when you did that. Like uh, you can tell them about that in sports, you're a good example for other people uh, that they are in the same team. Tell them also uh, that what your intent is. So, so tell them what you're planning to do when you have the job and how you're thinking it will be. This might also cause the person to say you're not suitable, but it's that's okay because you don't want to end up in a job that you are going to hate. But how are you going to know if you're going to like the job or hate it? I would say use your network. Ask your mom, ask your friends, ask your uncle, whoever knows you well. They might know what might be suitable for you. At some point, you need to find a new job. If it is just money or in a pinch, uh, you need to make some money fast. And of course, you don't have the luxury to take a lot of time to get everything in order. Then I would say just uh, make, make, a, make sort of an agreement with yourself how, uh, for how little you're willing to work. Make a good resume. Ask everyone in your network, your social network, and be upfront. I need a job because blah, blah, blah. Hook me up. Uh, most of the time that will be fruitful. If not, go to every job site you can find, upload your resume, and just wait for the alerts to come in. And then send the cover letter and your resume again. Try to, to address the person that is really responsible for hiring you and follow up as soon as you can because jobs sometimes are gone fast. If you get an interview, practice it and then settle for the job if you get it. Now, if you want to find a new suitable job, then take some time. Try to find out what would motivate you for this job to work there. Make some different resumes, some different cover letters that are ready, and then uh, use the net and the network. Uh, if your network is not big, try to find people that have a big network in that job sector that you're looking for a job at. Uh, be ready for all the job search alerts. Make sure to uh, put them in an Excel sheet or a Word file so you can keep track of all the alerts because sometimes there are so many. When you do decide to apply for a certain job, 
make sure that your cover letter is tailored to that job. Uh, they will be much more eager to invite you for an interview. Uh, make sure to follow up uh, if you didn't hear anything back. So set a reminder after three days, after a week. Uh, then you're just sure that it they got the message, that you really want that job. Uh, practice interviewing before you go to that job interview, if you do get an interview, and practice that interview like you're applying for that job. Just don't practice interviewing in general, but interviewing for that particular job. If you, during the interview, if you feel that it's not a good fit, don't settle. And if you do find the right job, a suitable job, then negotiate if possible. There might be something on the table. It can't hurt to ask for more money or vacation days. A lot of people go into an interview and just eager, so eager to get the job that they will just take it. Asking about the pension, bonuses, additional free days. Just ask. You might get it. Once you have found a job, it's important to keep that job. And I'll say follow the four B's. Be on time, behave, be nice, and be honest. If you're always on time, you know, and you come late once, nobody really cares. It doesn't even matter what the real reason is. Most people volunteer their reason or make up shit. Don't do that. Just you know, you're always on time. If you're late once, nobody really cares. Only if your boss is a jerk. Uh, if you follow the rules, you behave. You know, nobody can say you, you do anything wrong. Uh, be nice, not only to your boss. Be nice to your colleagues. Be nice to the customers that you might have or... Uh, and be nice to yourself. If you having a bad day, just, you know, don't be tough on yourself that you're not doing a great job today. That happens. And be honest with the right people at the right time. That's sort of my problem. I'm honest all the time. And that doesn't always work. Sometimes I'm honest to the wrong people, so they will blab. Sometimes I'm honest at the wrong time uh, sometimes it's better to lie to saying yeah yeah and walk on don't go to specifics just you know don't be honest at that moment and come back to it later and be upfront then but sometimes it's better to hold your breath and figure out how you're gonna tell them before you open your mouth since this part is about honesty uh, yeah I had 22 jobs so keeping a job I might not be the right person you know I'm I get bored quite easily uh, at a job I, I work five years now at uh, my current school and I'm already feeling a little bit anxious you know I, I find myself wondering how would it be somewhere else in Holland, like I'm not looking beyond the border at the moment, but it's 
it's my mind wanders. You know, it's uh, some people find that a bad thing, and for me, it's not really bad or good. It's just it is what it is. I also heard someone say once that the things with jobs is that they can be boring and they make you hate waking up every day. The trick is to find one you can tolerate. I find that such BS, you know. If a job is boring, leave. Find another job. There's so many. It's not that hard. Why would you stay at a job that makes you hate waking up every day? I've never hated going to my job. I might have not been in the best mood going to my job, but I definitely never got to the point that I hated doing my job. I just moved on then, you know. Don't tolerate a crap job, only if you have no other choice. But definitely start looking around as soon as you start that feeling of hatred of going to your work. So that brings us to switching jobs. Before you switch, try to think if there's any way that within your current company you can switch jobs. You could add different tasks or you could apply for another position within that company. So you're not switching companies, but you are switching jobs pretty much. If you do have to look elsewhere because it's a dead end or whatever reason it may be, then uh, be picky. You know, look around and uh, keep an eye out for companies where you would like to work. Contact some people that might work there, hear about their stories. Because you don't want to switch jobs and end up with the same problem. You know, it needs to be... uh, a level up so make make a good plan about what is it that you want to achieve at that job this will also be enormously helpful in your job interview because you your motivation is is high you you can clearly explain why you wanted to switch jobs um, if you want to do something completely else uh, then uh, it can't hurt to sort of walk a day in the shoes in that company with somebody. So just say I'm thinking of applying at a company like this or a job like this and can I just for a day walk with somebody here? Then you can see if it is for you because otherwise you might give up your job and you don't have a new nice one. Also, if it's financially feasible, consider a break. Just take a month off before you start your new job. You'll be much more energetic. You have time to get some stuff done that you need done at home and you just start well rested. A month is not going to kill you. Just take a vacation, relax and Start over again. After all of this, there's one more thing I really want to talk about before I tell some stories. Uh, That's the side hustle. There's two reasons why you would do a side hustle. 
The first reason is the joy of doing something different. The second reason is money. You just want some extra cash to spend. If you're doing it just to do something different, then the number one advice I heard is harness your hobby or talent. You like to do it anyway, so get paid for it. Uh, you know, I, I like to talk, so I started this podcast. I don't get paid. If it's a success, maybe I will get some money, but I'm not counting on it. I'm just doing it for my own happiness and hopefully yours. Um, but if you're good in sports, you might uh, want to consider training somebody, you know, get get somebody motivated. If you like birding, then uh, set up some walks with uh, groups of people. Uh, if you like cooking, cook for people as a private chef or don't call yourself a chef, but private cook, you know, keep it simple. Great way to meet new people, especially if you're in a foreign country. I did quite some um, extra lessons of English in foreign countries and I got to meet some nice families and made some nice new contacts. It was greatly appreciated by uh, the community as well. Um, if, you, uh, if the reason is money, there's two ways to go. You can actually go to a physical place and do work there, or you can do it online. Let's start with going somewhere else. Uh, the advantage of that is that you meet people that are often like-minded. They're doing it often as a side hustle as well. The best side hustles offline uh, you will find in your own network. You can ask people you know if you can do something. Uh, otherwise, look at a job website. The best paying ones are often tutoring, sales, being a chauffeur, working at a help desk, be a field worker, uh, in a restaurant, um, administrative work, healthcare. You can deliver food or something else, uh, do some uh, labor like gardening. Often that pays well and is a little bit more flexible. If you don't want to leave your house or your current job has a lot of downtime for whatever reason and it's allowed, then you can find an online side hustle. To get an idea of what you can do online uh, as a freelancer, a good website to start is freelancer.com or fiverr.com. Uh, just see what's out there. You will see several jobs that probably will suit you. Try to find something that you can leverage. Like, for instance, I'm Dutch and I do speak English. Not perfect, but good enough. So I did a lot of online translation via Translators Cafe and ProZ. I found jobs and you can just work whenever. If you have time, you log in, look for a job, you take it and finish it. Sometimes I did some of those in vacation when I had some downtime, made some extra money and often spend it right away again on vacation. But, you know, you get something extra. One tip I have for you here is value your time. 
it's not worth taking up work that's paying you four or five euros or dollars an hour. It's just not worth it. Even uh, if they give you extra jobs and stuff, they only do that because you're cheap. So set a, a, a minimal rate and then do some cherry picking, you know, pick the good ones. And now and then it's okay to pick up a one that pays a little bit less, but you know, you need to have some kind of limit for yourself. Value your time and your skills. Then your employers will do the same. All right, it's story time. Um, I did so many jobs and there's so many stories, so I had to pick three uh, because I can just go on forever. I actually did that when I just started this episode. I actually went through all 22 jobs and told the story but and, and gave tips and that sort of thing. But it was just too long and the format was just not right. So I started all over and that's how it became this. But uh, I'm going to share three stories with you. One is about my best paying job. The second one is about my weirdest side job. And the third one is my a real job that I did without no experience at, at all. Um, you can already guess, maybe if you listened earlier, which ones of the 22 jobs that was. So I'll give you some time. So my best paying job ever was being a showerhead installer. When I just moved to Canada, so I'm an immigrant, I don't have any context, I found an ad in the local newspaper to become a showerhead installer. And I was like, what the hell, I'll apply. Let's just start somewhere, meet some people. And I went in and the whole goal of the job was to install free energy efficient shower heads to reduce water usage in Ontario. So we had to come to work around one, we load up on shower heads in a backpack, we drove out to a neighborhood and rang doorbells and asked people if they wanted a shower head. It was free, so most people said yes. And we also had to ask if we can install it for them. Most people said no, because you don't want a strange guy coming to your house installing a shower head. What they had to do was sign a piece of paper that they received it with their address and that sort of thing, all sort of uh, paperwork. And then you head to the next house. Most days I did 20, 30 in the beginning. And once I got a hang of it, I did 30 to 40 a day. Well, 30, 40 a day, that actually added up to be quite a paycheck. Because for every shower head I handed out, my boss, Mr. Capone, yes, really, Capone, uh, 
got seven Canadian dollars. He paid me five Canadian dollars. So if I do 35 a day um, and I work 22 days uh, a month, that's 770 shower heads. That's $3,850. But some weeks I did way more because you start to get a hang of with who you can work together well. You fight little hacks to hand out more shower heads and get people to sign faster. So there was at least one or two months I made five grand. It was amazing. And I wasn't even working from one till eight anymore. Like we met at one, but we got in a car and we drove from uh, for quite a while. I think at least an hour and we often stopped for some uh, fast food and we took a break. So, you know, maybe four or five hours of work every day. So it was a good, good paycheck. Uh, but, you know, in the end, we ran out of area and it was just too hard to hand them out. So that ended. My weirdest side job must have been bouncer at Yuck Yucks, but it was close. It was close with another one. Uh, when I first went to Canada just to see what's Canada all about, by the way, it's awesome. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. Um, I found a job at a comedy club as a bouncer. And that was via a girlfriend and her family. They, they said, like, okay, you need work for two months before you do your road trip. Just come work here. So my girlfriend at the time was doing was a waitress. Her mother was, like, manager. And her stepdad uh, was hanging around. I actually don't really know what he exactly did. Um, I, I I stood at the door. They often had like two shows, early show and a late show, especially the late show. A lot of drunk people come in and uh, I had to tell them, you can't come in, you're too drunk and so on. Uh, or uh, people that didn't have a ticket. If it was uh, a good comedian, we sold tickets in advance and we were most of the time full. Some people tried to get in, you know, they tried to pay you off, slip you something, but unfortunately that's not how it works most of the time. Um, so I wasn't actually doing a lot of bouncing. Uh, there was uh, now and then... Uh, most of the time a guy or a very drunk woman that was yeah so obnoxious that I, I, I couldn't let them in you know and uh, if they made trouble I called Alex uh, I believe he was from Serbia big muscular guy and if he came over they just turned around walked away um, I also, it was not just that though, standing at the door, like I also uh, welcomed the comedians before the doors opened, showed them the green room, sometimes they had some special request, and uh, afterwards I, uh, I often cleaned and uh, hung out in the green room again if the comedians stayed there. Had some good times there, even uh, once I became a comedy bit, there was this young, upcoming, red-haired comedian i can't think of his name though he was hilarious 
And uh, before the show started, he just wanted to have some fast food. And he came in a limo, but the problem was that you can't drive a limo through a drive-thru. It just doesn't fit. But he wanted fast food, and I didn't have a car, so we walked through the drive-thru, and they didn't want to serve us because we weren't in a car. The guy got totally nuts. Like, he screamed at that poor girl in the in the place, but it was so hilarious. It, it wasn't mean or something. It, it was yelling, but it was not in a mean way. The girl could laugh about it, but she was just not allowed to serve food to people that walked through the drive-thru. So later when he got on stage, he actually used that little bit and uh, he has used it a few times since because I saw him a few times uh, not just in the, that comedy club but also uh, later online because you know YouTube was well I don't think it was YouTube even I think it was some other website YouTube wasn't even there but I, I saw it somewhere else um, so I, I had a great time it, it was a very weird job to have but it, it was quite amazing you got to see all the comedians some were really good some were quite popular uh, and some sucked you know uh, but I had a good time earned some money learned some uh, some new stuff and uh, it was well worth the effort for two months and then there was that strange job that was a real job, but that I had no experience for. Uh, this one was also in Canada because, you know, I'm an immigrant. I couldn't work as a teacher there unless I went four years to school again, which was not going to happen, especially since it was very expensive. So, uh, again, family got me into being a manager of an equestrian center. Well... My only qualification is that I sat on the horse a couple of times uh, and uh, my ex was good at coaching. That was it. But we took over because management wasn't going well. So we moved into that farm on that property, which was huge. There were 40 horses and the staff anywhere six to ten people to manage so it, it, it was it was quite some work uh, but I was overwhelmed by the amount of work and the novelty of things you know I, I had to feed the horses I so I had to get up early I had to manage all these people that knew much more about horses than me uh, but I listened to them and now and then uh, made a decision that was not popular but had to be made uh, I, I got to drive uh, a dually which is a giant Dodge Ram with four wheels on the back two wheels on the front it's so much power but you could haul horses with it like you could put four horses behind it it, it was <laughs> a once in a lifetime opportunity for me I rode the tractor which again was awesome because you know as a little boy you sit on the tractor that stands still but you don't get to ride it i got to ride it you know i got to do haying i got to do all sorts of things with that uh, 
uh, the, uh, the tractor. It, 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 was, it was quite the adventure. And we did this lawnmower that was just evil. It made so much noise, but it was so awesome. I, I, I don't know why mowing grass is so much fun, but it just was. Um, slowly I got to know horses and work with them. So, you know, they need to go to the field. They need to be brought back. They need to, uh, when they come in, new horses, they need to be broke. That means not snapping them in two, but they need to be trained. They need to get used to people. They need to be able to wear a saddle. That whole process was freaking amazing. It's amazing that a horse starts to recognize you, starts to trust you. And uh, yeah, when it works, it's just amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, there, were, there were events like uh, there was all mainly dressage up until now and then uh, some eventing. Uh, but yeah, I did that for two and a half years and it, it was quite the adventure. But as all adventures go, at some point they end. As does this podcast. I think I did a suitable job in explaining things, uh, but I'm also very interested in your stories. So if you have any stories, please share them with me. Uh, you can uh, follow me on at Walls on Instagram. You can go to the website www.growsomewalls.com uh, and email me at growsomewalls at gmail.com and I'll try to respond as fast as I can. Lastly, I want to tell you about uh, our playlist. Every episode has a playlist. Episode one was about anger. Obviously, that's going to be an angry playlist. Uh, and this one is all about work. So any songs you can think of that has to have to do with work, you can collaborate on a nice playlist. Um, the handle is Grow Some Walls on, on Spotify and otherwise look for the link in uh, the bio in at Instagram, okay? All right, that was the show for today. A suitable job, episode two. And uh, yeah, get back to work because... You have to grow some walls. Bye.